Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, infertility, and other chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 46, where we talk with my fellow MAP practitioner, Sarah Lovett, from the Seattle area. Sarah combines a background in psychic healing with advanced neural retraining and a background in the arts. Learn more about how she works with clients with past life issues and those that have had psychic awakenings. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's talk with Sarah. Sarah, I'm very excited to have you join me on the show today and talk about your work with the MAP method. So Sarah is in the Seattle area and she's a wonderful MAP method practitioner that I'm excited to introduce everyone to. Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself and how how you heard about the MAP method and what you were, ah. what were you doing before you found the MAP method? And yeah. yeah, I was on a spiritual journey in many ways. I was um, working and um, learning to heal and read at an energy level at a psychic school, Psychic Awakenings. And I now teach psychic skills there. Um, and I wanted to be able to do more than just um, see and confirm what energy is I'm seeing in my clients. Um, I wanted something that would make a greater difference for them by helping them to heal the traumas that they were holding. Um, I was also learning how to hold space for my students and clients, and I wanted to step into a, like a more focused practice with more tangible results. Hmm. Yeah. So what you know? What brought you to psychic school? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there's, <laughs> that is a long story. <laughs> I, was, um, I was living in a shared household, and um, I, someone moved into the household who was, I thought, passive-aggressive, and I started to like look at what that was, but she was really a full-blown narcissist and with a, a victim-aggressor complex of some kind, and she wanted me to be her aggressor. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, and I don't know what to do about it. And it was so strong. She was a very powerful person. I mean, very strong personality, and she was bonding with the other people in the house. And I was kind of being um, side, you know, pushed aside. And I felt very, I felt like I would needed psychic protection. Honestly, I was afraid, you know, in some way. So I was walking over uh, in Tenzing Momo, which is at the Pike Place Market, and I found this book called, I was looking for psychic protection. It was called Psychic Protection. And it was about development 
of your psychic abilities. And um, I read the book, and then I started looking online for more, and I found Psychic Awakenings, which was um, used the same language, and they were both um, uh, offspring of the Berkeley Psychic Institute. So that's how, yeah, and I really needed that protection. And when I came, I, I, I took a class. I took the foundation class, which I now teach, which was called Psychic Tools 101. And I got grounded. <laughs> I got more in my body. And I started to, you know, step into my abilities. Um, many years before that, I had had a, a breakdown. And it had opened up a lot of my psychic awareness and I was pretty overwhelmed. The breakdown is a kind of anxious overwhelm, right? Too much information um, started coming in and I really needed, I really feel like sometimes a psychic awakening is a calling, right? You, you can't like step out of it once you've stepped into it. So I really, I, I already had needed help and then I hit this wall of the narcissist and then I stepped into the classes and it really helped me. It gave me, um, it empowered me in a way that I did not expect. Just having a few, like, oh, if you work with energy in this way, uh, you make progress as opposed to flailing or bumping against uh, scary or uncomfortable things and not knowing what to do about it. Mm. So you were already working on your psychic skills. And then what led you to the MAP method? This is always well, I, an interesting question because it's hard to find the map method, right? Well, it popped up on my Facebook feed. So um, I, obviously I was tapped into, I mean, I'm always interested in um, uh, transformative arts, um, psychic awareness. I don't know what her, you know, particular, um, what Colette, it was a, a Colette, one of Colette's, um, was one of Colette's webinars, right, that she put out to get people interested. And I was listening to a lot of stuff at that time. But I had set that intention um, that I wanted to do more, that I wanted to um, step into my abilities and to really um, do, I mean, at this point, it feels like some kind of service. I don't know if I said service, but I wanted to help people um, because when you're psychic reading, you're, you're giving them a psychic hello, you're, and that in itself is a healing, right, when you recognize someone as spirit. But I was also seeing their traumas and their pains, and I wasn't really addressing them. I was just pointing them out. Oh, I can see that you've had this challenge in your life, and I had to, I really wanted to find a way to... Um, help people to heal those things. And Colette's webinar intrigued me. Mm. Um, yeah, I listened and I became interested in the superconscious, right? Because the superconscious is what? I didn't know. But it felt very much like a part of the psychic awareness that I was already practicing and studying. And I really wanted to know how it corresponded to what I'm learning as I'm doing energy healing. So were there other energy modalities that you had already learned before you came to math? Uh, yeah, I had learned Reiki. So I had um, a second degree Reiki. Um, I wasn't really practicing it on other people. I was just, maybe I was exchanging with other 
people I knew that I wasn't really doing it as a practice. Um, I was also do, I do energy healing through um, the psychic school, which is um, based on working with non-physical healing masters. So we are in a way channeling mm -hmm. energy. It's not that different from Reiki in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit different in that we're actively looking at what's going on and bringing in angels or, or healing masters to help us and guide, oh, what's really going on here? How can we get to the bottom of this? And they see the energies in a different way than we do. Yeah, okay, so then you, so you, you saw this webinar, this video, I guess, on your Facebook feed and it intrigued you. And so you decided to pursue it. Well, a, a little later. I mean, I think um, I, I, think I um, I'm not sure I jumped right into it. I'm just trying to remember the exact step. There was a, a gap between when I um, when I saw that webinar and I think they were offering a free session or maybe it wasn't a free session. It was a, a paid session, but it was um, for people who were interested. There was some kind of a benefit or beneficial session. And so I tried one out. Um, with Erlene, I think, and um, it was interesting enough to me <laughs> that I said, oh yeah, this is something that really could work. This is something that has real potential to heal people. And I really wanted um, to feel a little bit more substance to what I was doing. Mm. So um, yeah, Colette, um, I think I had signed up again when I heard the first webinar and she um, re recontacted me. Um, you know, once you're on the list, you kind of get the messages. Oh, so then it started coming into my inbox and reminding me that I was interested in it for a while. But it, it was something that just kind of um, filled that bill. Like I'm not, a, I was not a therapist, right? So I wasn't coming from that perspective. Yeah, and so. Tell me what you learned about the MAP method and how it worked that, um, that you use in your practice today. Well, I, I learned a lot <laughs> because it has a lot of um, therapeutic language and um, a deeper understanding of how the, um, the consciousness works, how our memories and, and traumas are um, held in the body. I already knew they were held in the body, but I, I kind of, mm, the map method really gave me a lot more information. And when you're working with energy, the more information you have on the physical plane, the more um, breadth and depth you can receive as well, right? Because if you're familiar with something, then you get the energy when it comes in. You kind of, you, you, you are more attuned to what you're seeing. Just like if someone is a medical intuitive and they don't know anything about what the body or the body functions, they don't get that much information. But if you know there's you know, all these different organs and they have different functions and where they are in the body, then you start getting a lot more information about that and you can be more specific. So I got a lot more specific and that helped me to really, mm, it will, I grew a lot. <laughs> I grew a lot uh, learning that. And I also gained a lot from being 
uh, in the program, right? When I was in the program, I got a lot of map sessions mm. and I started to move through some of those limitations that were, um, you know, that had been with me all my life, right? I'm like, oh, I have these problems, but you kind of um, push them under the rug or just say, I don't, uh, I can't handle, I can't change that. Like there's a lot of things about us that we don't know we can change. And through the psychic work, I know I changed a lot, right? I became much more confident, able to communicate more clearly. Um, and then when I did the map, I learned a lot about the nuances of how people hold painful energy in their bodies. Um, and energetically, we hold energy of other people in our bodies too. We pick up and match that energy. And I, it's kind of like it came together in a really nice way. Oh, I can see that people are holding energy in their, their bodies and now I can see the mechanisms that um, created them. And somehow it all came together to be like a much bigger picture for me. Mm. And so tell, tell me a little bit about your practice and kind of what kind of work you do with MAP and what kinds of clients you like to help, what kinds of problems you like to solve. <laughs> right, well, uh, yeah, I, um, I use MAP as a structure for healing deep-seated energy, intergenerational energies, um, even past life energy that's come over into the present. Um, when we're wounded as a child, it's often because we already have that energy um, and need that, the wound to explore and grow in certain areas of our life and heal them, right? So our past life stuff that we bring through is usually trauma that we haven't handled well. And we just said, oh, I'm going to learn how to handle that better. So we come in with a similar wound or a matching energy wound. And, I mean, it explains a lot about why some people just have difficult childhoods, right? That some unexplainable things happen to people. And so we sometimes carry this wound, this pain into our lives because we want to grow into and explore and heal. Um, it's the same energy that keeps pushing us deeper into pain until we see the truth of our pain. Right? It kind of gets worse and worse and worse, and then suddenly we go, oh, I've got to handle this. Something has to happen, right? So energetically, when we have a mission or something that we need to heal, it, it kind of snowballs a little bit until we're pushed into the place where we have to heal it. Sometimes they call that a healing crisis, right? Mm. Where you're bot reaching bottom. I don't think you have to reach bottom, though. I think um, as you... Uh, see the pain um, when we see it and we own it right when we recognize it as something that we can heal then we are able to heal it anyway map takes us to the point of seeing how we're holding the energy and then we use the higher self to heal it which is pretty remarkable i find mm, yeah maybe we should just say a little bit about that right for someone who is not familiar with the map method the higher self. Yeah, well, I, I think or you know, the I want to point out that you know, the MAP method is a method of advanced neural retraining. It's, uh, we talk about the superconscious, which we utilize, right, in yes. helping to heal um, some of these trauma, traumas, energy, trauma energies like you talked about. But maybe you can just talk a little bit about how this, like, kind of actually works in the 
in a session with a MAP practitioner like yourself? How the superconscious works? How I work with the superconscious? Or, mm, I know it's a little, it feels a little mysterious sometimes, but I do feel that when I'm muscle testing or when I'm, I muscle test, but I also sometimes get direct information or pictures that I see. And that sort of helps me to see where the client is coming from, right? So I'm using a couple of different ways to tune in. Um, I'm not necessarily asking for that information, but sometimes I do ask, oh, what is the core issue here? That's what we're looking for. I'm kind of directing the superconscious to go for the core stuff, even though it's still going to have to go through maybe layers to get there. So we're always, we, we set the direction of where we're going. Oh, what's the core issue behind this problem? So that I feel like I am in communication with the superconscious. I see um, the intro sessions are always really fascinating for me, right? It's a kind of exciting time because the client doesn't really know what they're getting into. And yet I'm asking them questions about that. And um, I don't know how their superconscious is going to react exactly. I mean, there's easy and there's sometimes challenging uh, moments about that connection and learning how that connection works for a particular client. Sometimes it's really easy and you can just see the superconscious picking up the information just like that. And oh, yeah, it's going to work. And they're very excited to get going. It's almost like they have a personality. And other times they're like, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I can kind of feel that questioning energy. Is this okay? Is it something that I can actually do? It's kind of like we're empowering um, the superconscious too by making them aware that there is a process that they can go through to heal. Yeah, yeah. So I think you said some important things there. So like um, in, a, in a session, right, the practitioner and, and the client identify a subject, right? So there's a problem. There is a, and, and, and for many clients, there's kind of a list of problems. Right? Sometimes but, it's a pretty I mean, long list. <laughs> <laughs> can be a long list, but we choose a topic, right? To focus that session around. And then the practitioner, like you said, is tuning into the client. Like you have, you have more skills than the average method practitioner because you you came from you had other practices under your belt already you have this you know psychic training as well whereas someone like me who's more just ma about map um you know i i'm really just using muscle checking you know just like we were just like we were taught in the program um but we identify with the with the the subject for the session and then we are trying to figure out what is the it's like we what is the best angle on this problem mm -hmm. right so we're kind yeah. of um evaluating we have we have a number of different ways that we can start to ask your mind to um make repairs i guess we can call it yeah. that right mm -hmm. so we're, we're evaluating sort of different angles on the problem to figure out like well what's the best where's the best place to start here? And then we start to give instructions. And, uh, and you know as what? we do so, the subconscious mind is starting to, uh, how would you describe it? Enact the instructions or something? Yeah, they're taking our, will command 
this level of working with commands is a spiritual level. It's like um, a, it's a chakra level, right? Working with commands, certain kind of prayers. So in a way, we're we're using um, prayer. I I don't know if I would technically call it prayer, like we call it a command, but it's working with that same level that we connect with uh, the higher a higher source. So we are connecting with our own higher energy. We're healing ourselves in a way, right? So we're facilitating the client to heal themselves. Um, and I, yes, there is that little place where you're trying to find out where to step in. I always go for like, what's the core issue? And I, tr and sometimes I see it when I'm when the the in the the intro session. There's the uh, metaphor of the the soccer field. Mm. And I often, I always get a picture. Uh, what does this person's soccer field look like? And the picture shows me, oh, there's, sometimes it's a crater. You know, the soccer field is a crater. <laughs> and sometimes it's, and then I can see there's energy underneath, like, like as if the dirt is still being churned up. And I'm like, oh, that's where the issue is that we need to find that. It's that churning up, the thing that's disturbing. And when you get to that disturbing thing, the superconscious can see it. And then we have this sort of goal. And so we're working. I mean, I'm getting the superconscious to say, oh, this is what we're working on. We're letting go of all the surface stuff and going right down to the core. Now, it doesn't mean we don't find the surface stuff as on our way down, right? As we are actually healing. It's very interesting, almost miraculous to me how the the superconscious just finds the right thing to heal to the right age, the right um, uh, identity, or whatever it is, you know, those pictures come up. I mean, I really do follow the protocol. I'm always like keeping the map set session or the map structure, the protocol as a structure. And it helps to um, I mean, sometimes more things come up than you can handle at once, right? Every now and then I'm like, I'm in the middle of a command and I'm like hearing, oh yeah, preposition, predispositions or parts or like when those things are coming up, that's, that's exciting really because those are the things that we want to reintegrate and those are the things that create the progress, I think, or the first things. I find that there are more parts and predispositions often in early sessions. And I also find that protector controller is a key to, to making the shift. Like if you can get the protector controller healed and integrated, you're, you're on your way. You've made a big change usually. Mm. And they can be subtle. Those protector controllers can be subtle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Or they can be really upfront and in your face and protecting the superconscious from your awareness. So you no. do have to kind of play with that. Oh, what am I? What am I actually dealing with? So I'm in, in a way I'm looking at the client as oh, they have this this problem, but then how am I accessing that too? Like how am I able to really communicate with them and communicate with the right part of them to get that? Mm -hmm. yield and so you know you talked a little bit about what you specialize in you know intergenerational energies past lives and so forth but what does that look like like how would a client know that they're 
this was yeah. a problem for them? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. Um, because people usually don't come to me because they have a past life problem. <laughs> they do not know it. Um, what that looks like to me, and I don't have like many, many years of history. It's a pretty recent and last four or five years I've been really working with past lives and only in the last two years, right, that I've been working with MAP. Um, but the um, past lives often, past life problems look like, um, I have a couple of examples actually in my, my clients. Um, they can look like, I mean, there's more than one thing. Past lives aren't the only thing that is a problem for people, right? We don't always carry it from the past. But um, it could look like um, trauma that started when you were really, really small. Um, past life energies um, can, are often the strangest life experiences. Um, we can't quite understand why negative experience is coming at us. Like suddenly, like we're an infant. I had a client who, whose first memory as we worked with Matt was a, a relative holding her up and saying, what an ugly baby. I'm like, this is, I mean, she was labeled as bad right from the day she was born, you know, and it was very frustrating for her growing up like that, never getting any validation, right? Never from her whole family. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of energy that would indicate to me that there's like past life um, issues, usually with the people, the very same people, or similar people situations um, to what they're in. Um, after we worked together for a few sessions, she was able to take responsibility for her past life actions, right? And it, it could be as simple as saying, I own it. I'm sorry, right? Forgiveness. And then that very same week, she reported that her mother she'd received a compliment from her mother for the very first time ever. And she was living with her mother, <laughs> right? She was in her late 40s, and she was living with her mother again. And it was like the very first time her mother in her whole life had really given her a positive response. And I'm like, okay. So that showed me that we had changed. We had shifted some energy from the past, right? Because now that she had owned her past she was like um i think her past life was like a despot or something like she had been a person who was in a like guerrilla warfare and had killed a lot of people and had really messed up a lot of people and so she was born into the same group of people and because they were her family right and then as soon as she took responsibility for it somehow it shifted the energy and then people they said oh you're you're owning your history, and now we can be nice to you. It was very interesting to me. So that was one experience. It's all new to me as well, right? I, I see it, and I, I'm like, okay, I can't make up these stories. They're too sort of incredible sometimes. But what made her come and find you? What was the issue she was having in her life that made her think, I think I need to work with Sarah? Yeah, that's a good question. She was um, trying to start a business for herself. And she had this very big contradiction in her belief about what she deserved and wanted, which was she had she just wanted luxury and beauty, and um, she wanted to create this wonderful business of affirmations and positive influence people as a positive influencer. Really, she wanted to be that, 
Um, but she had this history of being told she was a terrible person her whole life. And so that conflict was what brought her. Mm. Like she couldn't make it happen. And she felt very bad because no matter what she did, it felt like she couldn't do this thing that was really her passion. Mm. Because I feel like even that, like on a spiritual level, bad, there's no such thing as a bad person, right? They're just people who get into situations and they go with the flow and they do what they can. And sometimes they can't see the whole picture, right? And the next lifetime they could be making up for it. And they want to be full of affirmations or positive um, healing. I had another client like that who, um, uh, I'm trying to find, oh, she was a spiritual teacher, right? And she, she, um, she was at, when she recognized the past energies that she carried over that were so painful, she was able to change. Um, she came to me because she had been abused all of her life by all the men in her life had been abusive from her father, her husbands, her children even had picked up on this abuse energy. So she was pretty battered and she actually had been diagnosed as PTSD. Um, and she was the first PTSD diagnosis I've worked with. Um, and in her first session, she was just ranting. I couldn't really communicate with her. I just started doing commands. I just said, I'm just going to treat you as you are triggered by everything I say practically. Or she was, sometimes she was ranting at me. You know, it was very hard to work with her. But I could see that... Um, by the at the beginning of the sessions, she would be really ranty, but it sort of diminished as we worked. So by the end of the session, she would be calm. It might start up again at the beginning of the next session too. But she also apologized to me for at the beginning of the next session. She'd say, "I'm sorry, I was like ranting at you," and I was like, "I don't take it personally, right? Because I can see that this person is in trauma. They're they're in this trauma state. So that that's been a real challenge, but." The thing that changed, that started to shift for me, is I saw a picture of her, and she had been some kind of a religious leader in the past life, and it was during the Spanish Inquisition. And um, that's a really traumatic time for a lot of psychic people. A lot of people come, have come into the world with trauma in some way related to the Spanish Inquisition, because I think it, it traumatized a lot of healers, right? And of course, as a psychic, I'm working with a lot of people who are in healing and energy work. Um, so she had this past life of abusive relationships. And then when I, I saw this picture of her working as a cardinal or something, like she was really high up in the church. And the, um, the energies that she's, like when I said, did you know that you were part of the, the church during the Spanish Inquisition? And the, that you were in a position of power. She said, no, I never knew about that past life. But then she suddenly became very lucid and started talking about how um, she really was angry about um, people in power who got caught up in the, um, got caught up in the, um, in the rules and in, in fulfilling a particular duty and didn't pay attention to what was actually happening to the people they were trying to serve. 
So she recognized that, oh, in this position, I was stuck between my duties and this process that was unfolding that was terrible for so many people in the parish or in the community. And she started, she just became so um, lucid and aware when she started talking about that. She suddenly understood something about herself that had been hidden in a way, like she never understood why she felt so strongly about political people, for instance, who didn't listen to their constituents. Mm. Yeah. So that was really interesting. By seeing the past life, she recognized that how she was holding that energy and that she had to like work with it. I mean, because she was a pretty advanced psychic person already. She was like creating teachings herself. Um, yeah, so she really got something and she could see um, how that had was always triggering her. Like every time she saw someone who was in power, she was, and so she kind of got caught up in those conspiracy things that were going around, right? And everything like that was triggering her because she was, um, had the energy of that in her, in her space already. Like she came into the world ready to be triggered by people who were not, who were caught between duty and, and reality on the, on the ground. Um, yeah, it was really interesting how that was like one of the big um, transition points for her. She was able to take that information and start to heal and recognize one of the things that was why she was caught up in that. And then she was able to let go of it. And she really made a lot of progress, but um, I, I do say that she worked a lot on herself between sessions as well, because she was already a competent psychic and healer herself. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, what were some of the benefits that you were, the changes that you noted in her? Um, well, again, it was like owning, once she was able to own that, she had been on both sides of the healing spectrum, right? Both in power over it and a healer practitioner. Like, oh, she's like, I'm not just one thing or another. I'm not, it's not like all those people are against me. It's like, oh, like, oh, and she had a lot of negative people, all of these men who were kind of coming after her, right? She was in an abusive relationship after abusive relationship. So it was kind of like, as soon as you start owning that people are abusing you because you were um, somehow caught up in an abusive situation in a past life, as soon as you say, oh, I'm sorry, that was a really challenging experience for me. I was caught in the middle and, you know, starting to look, oh, I can ask for forgiveness. I can forgive. I can forgive myself for being caught up in that and not recognizing it. Um, then you, it automatically starts to heal the problem, right? Because often there are spiritual agreements, you know? It's like, oh, you didn't fulfill your spiritual agreement as our, um, you know, um, spiritual leader in that lifetime. What are you going to do about it? And then they start, like, there was a lot of abuse in that system, right? The system was abusing people, basically. And she was, even though not directly abusing people, she was feeling responsible for it on some level. Mm -hmm. And so she brought that energy in. And mm -hmm. when you own it, then you can heal it. 
a lot of map is about insight, right? People get insight into maybe not that dramatic of an insight or that dramatic of a shift or people make dramatic shifts, but they don't always have a giant past life burden that they're carrying with them. Sometimes it's more of a simple agreement. Um, I had a client who was in a midlife crisis. He was an artist going through a midlife crisis. And in that process of working with him, I worked with him for quite a few sessions. Um, he had to own that his lover helped him to reconnect with this expansive sense of joy that he wanted and desired so deeply. And yet that he also had it in himself and needed, didn't need someone to give it to him. And we looked at, there was an agreement that he had. With, it was a love triangle agreement. And so she actually jumped into his life to reawaken something. So it wasn't like that she was necessarily meant to stay or that he was necessarily meant to let go of his wife, who was a very stable and, you know, they had a good relationship. It wasn't necessarily that he had to do that. Um, but that he had to see that joy and learn, own it for himself, and then make the right decision. Mm. And, sometimes, and the decision wasn't mine to make, right? It was his. And he had to decide whether to like spill, let his wife know that he was had had an affair and was. But then this um, lover had rejected him also, so he was all, he was kind of caught in this. I want her, but I can't have her. And I don't want to mess with my marriage because I really rely on, you know, this other person who I've loved for so many years. And But he had to own that he had it in himself and making the decision to let go of that person and stay with his wife was, it was like written for him to do. It wasn't necessarily um, my job to tell him that. So I was kind of like just letting him see that there was a decision-making process here and that he had that joy in himself and he didn't need someone. He didn't need to stay with this or find a way to get back with this lover in order to have that for himself. It was just an interesting process. It was a very odd, I mean, every, every person is so unique, right? Every, every human being has just the most interesting, um, and when they come to MAP, they have a conundrum of some kind, right? That they're, they need to work out. Um, I love that people come to MAP because they're, they're ready to work, right? They're ready to make changes in their life. Yeah, and that's, that's always exciting. I had, I think my most difficult client that I worked kind of the hardest was um, a person whose problem was that she couldn't change. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was really a daunting problem. And I couldn't really, it took a while to kind of like go, because if you can't change, and MAP is all about change, learning how to flow or to get into a place where you are in control and can change. Um, but the problem for her was that she was holding um, generational suffering for her community or her people. Mm. And um, yeah, that was really interesting. Like she couldn't change because it was there was too much. It was an overwhelming burden that she didn't feel like she could change. Mm. I've had several clients who had intergenerational pain. They're holding that pain in their body, 
and it's similar in some ways to past life energy, right? It's like the energy of your ancestors and you're somehow holding that burden. Um, it's we carry the weight of war, for instance, or culturally experienced trauma, culturally experienced trauma through multiple generations. It kind of gets passed down from generation to generation. And I really enjoy helping people move past that, you know, pain that's been carried over. Um, when we heal ourselves, we heal our families and our ancestors. So that's, that ultimately, you know, I really feel like that ultimately heals the world because then we're not carrying that um, trauma into the future, right? How can we, it's like so much about healing is handling the trauma of the past, you know, we can get very caught up in healing ourselves and being healed or, or being caught up in the trauma. But the real exciting uh, place to be is letting go and figuring out the trauma and taking, taking responsibility for it or releasing it or changing the agreement so that we're able to function in a healthy way in the world. And then we have the opportunity to create what we want, to make things happen, to be, you know, the, 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 the creator of our, our life. And it feels like they're, they're almost two different um, ways of being in the world. I don't want to necessarily bring in spiritual terms, but there's like this karmic, like it's, a, it's an old term, right? It just means you have past stuff that you're still working out, karmic. Or dharma, which is creating and moving into the future. Mm letting go of the past. So there, it's almost like there's this line that I'm trying to, for myself, that I'm trying to go, oh, I've done a lot of healing. In psychic school, we say if you've had a lot of suffering, that means you have a lot of healing skills because you've gone through all of this um, process, all these processes of learning and understanding yourself. Mm. And, um, yeah, stepping from that, like, oh, are we just perpetually healing ourselves? Or do we actually get well at some point? Right? And, yeah. and that really helps to bridge that gap. It, like, goes, yes, we get well. We can actually move forward. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about, you know, when we heal ourselves, we heal our family and ultimately... Like our lineage, and therefore, eventually, the world. Can can you talk a little bit about what that means, or like how that works? Yeah, because we're carrying this energy um, into the world. Gosh, that really gets into some pretty interesting ideas about um, energy and how it's held in the on the planet. Mm. And um, maybe it's not a map thing so much as oh yeah um, when we're carrying a certain vibration of energy of trauma of um, abuse and or we're often pushing trying to push very hard away from it like we we're working to get rid of it somehow like that idea of let, letting it go isn't is about getting rid of and the truth of it is that it's just energy and we are learning how to transform it into something positive so there is no getting rid of, right? It's all energy. It's that physics, you know, things change, but they don't go away. So looking at it from the perspective of if you change yourself, 
so that you're no longer attracting or pushing away that energy, but you're creating a different energy, the one that you want, or you're learning how to set your energy where you want it, then you are also no longer, like even the direct relationships that you have are no longer seeing the energy of the pushing away and the pulling and the trauma. So you're giving the family members that you know directly an opportunity to um, see someone who has transformed that trauma. You're holding a different energy and you're saying, well, it's an invitation. Here's something else that we could do instead, right? And so it's like, it's a, um, it's a pattern and here's a new pattern. Let's try this one out, right, instead. Um, and when you, and often our generations, like we're born into the same soul family maybe over and over. And so we're bringing back that energy until we work it out <laughs> as a family. And so you also are not passing it down to your children, right? And so in a way you're healing the generations by just offering them something different. And that sounds very simple, but it's a bit of a process to let go of, right? Because we don't really see it in ourselves. And I think MAP helps us to start seeing, oh, there's this energy there. And the wonderful thing about MAP, of course, is that you don't have to work on that process very well. You just say, this is what I, I'm feeling. And we're saying to the superconscious, we're, as a practitioner, we're guiding the superconscious to say, to um, treat the trauma and replace it with the positive. And so we do spend some time working on positive with magnetization, like, oh, how do we bring in what we really want or with beliefs and emotions? What's the positive emotion? How do I start building and growing into that? So yeah. it's a lot about letting go of the old stuff and bringing in the new, and then you're changing and shifting the whole planet as this family is healed, right? We're not bringing in that negative energy any longer. And it's all by choice. You know, we have so much choice in it. Sometimes it's a spiritual choice we've made before we come into the world. And, so, and therefore, we have power to change it. <laughs> That's Yeah. So can, can you talk about what superconscious is? I mean, how do you explain to people, <clears throat> yeah, what, what superconscious yeah. is? I usually just call it that part of yourself that isn't affected by the trauma. Like that's a very neutral way to put it. You don't have to give it a spiritual name. Um, I feel like maybe it's the interface between our our self and our higher self, like our spiritual um, God self. Some people might say, or it's um, your your interface with Source, with your own Creator, um, and it's always basking in that light. Sometimes we can't see the light because we have between us and that is all this trauma, mm. right? We're all sitting in this basket of all these, you know, problems. Your spirit is above that holding the basket <laughs> and, and it's um, uh, able to pull things out of the basket if you don't need them anymore, transform them from, you know, these mud balls to play balls mm. or whatever it does with that. I, I do love that process of um, seeing how uh, we're working with this trauma and then all of a sudden we have this good memory of this positive experience and that's the memory that's being brought in and sometimes we maybe don't 
focus on that enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that moment too when you see the client working through something that was very clearly very traumatic, and you know, you give a few instructions, you wait a few minutes, and then like suddenly it's different for them, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have an insight. It's some somehow now they're looking at it completely differently, and it's like the pain of that is gone. And yeah. it's a pretty amazing um, transformation to witness. It it is, it is, and it's very exciting. It's like oh yeah, they, they made they they did that. They saw that, and they got there. They got there. Somehow we got there. And I, I don't try, I try not to judge it at all. It's like, oh, that's an interesting transformation. That's really great, you know. And also getting out of that muddled place where you can't see it, that you can't see. And sometimes it's harder to find good stuff. You know, some lives are, have been harder than others. And it is a little bit, but there's always good stuff. There's always good stuff in there. Yeah. So, yeah, so what kinds of issues, uh, for what kinds of issues do you think a person should, um, you know, would, would find it valuable to connect with you and, um, you know, find your website or find out more? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm especially, um, I don't know what I would say adept, but interested in um, people who are awakening highly sensitive people because those are the people who often have psychic abilities that are um, that can be really overwhelming or or painful if they're not handle if they're not handling them right if they're not taking and stepping into them. Sometimes people wake up and they wish it would go away, and that's doesn't usually happen right it's not that easy to because it's a part of your spiritual growth it's a calling right so you might call it a calling it's like you're expected to step into your bigger awareness and if you are have a lot of trauma then you don't feel like you can do that and so or you feel overwhelmed or you just get super anxious Anxiety is so common among highly sensitive and awakening people. So those those are the people that I work with at the psychic school, and I really enjoy working with them in MAP. Um, it is interesting, like how yeah you can work with anyone can work with MAP. It certainly works for everyone, um, but people who are really willing to step into their power or step into that process. Um, consciously and more willingly do get more from it, right? It's almost like everything in life, the more you're willing to work with it. Um, I like that it's super easy, like you can really make big changes rather quickly. And that, that just shows that it's energy, right? And that um, the energy can change very quickly if we just recognize it, that it's in our control to do it. Um, so I like working with highly sensitive people. I'm also an artist, so I like working with creative people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not afraid to step into almost anything. Mm -hmm. um, some things I'm real gentle and tender about. I had one person who was, who had um, 
What is it that when you have to repeat things over and over again? Obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, she had. She was conscious of it, and she was tr being treated. It was quite a mild case, and she had that obsessive compulsive. Um, and I worked with her. I mean, she was a friend of mine, so I kind of we just said, well, we'll just go and see where it goes, um, not knowing or expecting what changes would happen. And it wasn't. We didn't really aim to change that. We just went for whatever traumas she was experiencing and had experienced in her life. Yeah, and she was very happy with the results. I didn't ask her if it changed that particular thing at the end of the session, but we definitely worked on um, her Catholic upbringing, mm. and her like the innocent child in the kind of. Mm, beliefs that can be sort of pushed over onto you like because we all come into the world with spiritual connection and then we get sometimes religions that try to sort of manipulate us into believing in a certain way which might not be true for our spirit as it is for um and and, and i think that that can be very traumatic it's like oh there's a difference between what i'm experiencing honestly, in my innocent, you know, being and this religion where they're telling me people are bad, right? So, or they're contradicting themselves. And highly sensitive people often, and children are highly sensitive, I think, in mm. general, um, are often aware of that contradiction, maybe not outwardly, right? But inwardly, they know that there's a contradiction there, that they're having to manage that energy of there's this beautiful thing and there's this thing that they're trying to tell me that doesn't make they don't well we've talked about a lot today and i wanted to uh, you to just end by you know letting people know how they can find out more if they're interested in your work and how um, they should get in contact with you okay yeah i have a website it's um loveitarts.com that's two t's l-o-v-e-t-t-a-r-t-s two t's and an s dot com and that's my um, website for psychic work and artwork um, and psychicawakeningseattle.com is the psychic school where I teach mm. and um, I'm also listed on there mostly for psychic readings so that's a little bit of a, a different but if people are interested in taking classes and kind of empowering themselves to learn how to work with their inner abilities, their sensitivities. That's a good place to start, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Yeah. yeah I, I, I have some people who start in the classes and then take some, do some map sessions. And I have other people that are, have map sessions and then they take a class. So it's kind of been an interesting process. Yeah, it is interesting how you've woven, you know, the, these two together. So, yeah, so well. Um, I mean, they, you know, obviously they have synergies, right? Um, they do. They do. Yeah, there are not a lot of MAP practitioners that have that background. Yeah, it's been really exciting um, to see where they do meet and to um, start working with that and playing with oh, well, how much of this is necessary? Because we do sometimes, sometimes I do teach psychic tools during a session if someone needs them. 
Mm. You know, or if they're already working with energy and they're just, I had a, I did have a client who was, um, she would do all this healing for her family. Like she was a skilled healer. But then she said, whenever I've done the healing, I, things start going wrong. Like people start having accidents, mm-hmm. like falling downstairs and weird stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, you just need to ground out the energy after you clear it. And so I would just teach her some a way to do that and maybe do a little guided meditation and then go back into the map. She did report that that helped a lot. So it is a kind of a blend and I'm still finding out what the balance of that is. And map of course takes you where it needs to go. Sometimes I don't, I tell people it doesn't really matter where you start. You have, we set our intention on what we're going to clear and then the superconscious will guide us through that process. It's not like I don't have to, sometimes I work harder than I need to actually trying to, and I'm like learning how to just hold space in the right way and let the superconscious guide me and it all falls into place. And eventually we get to the problem and we do it at just the right speed for the client and it um, solves what problem and sometimes some other problems along the way. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you as well. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about health applications of the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, visit our website, mindremapforhealth.com. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit mapcoachinginstitute.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2021, by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.